Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, and I am popping into your feed with a special bonus episode today. Every once in a while, something comes up that Megan and I want to address on the podcast. So we kind of jump on the chance to talk to somebody about something that's been on our minds or just on the world's mind. And today I am sitting down with Leanne Deering to talk about pregnancy loss. I do want to be really clear up front that this episode will mention miscarriage, pregnancy loss, and also refer to infant loss. Leanne's story is tough to hear and also super important to share. So thank you for being here with us today. October is National Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And, you know, recently we've seen online and in celebrity culture a few examples of women talking much more openly about their loss experiences, even sharing really vulnerable photos with the world like Chrissy Teigen did earlier this month. And Megan and I are 100% on board with movements that make moms feel less alone in their experiences. So we both think it's really important to continue sharing these stories. According to data from the World Health Organization, every year 2.6 million babies are stillborn and miscarriage occurs in 10% to 25% of known pregnancies, according to the American Pregnancy Association. About 80% of those occur in the first trimester. And of course, that's why a lot of people keep their pregnancy private until they're at least 12 weeks along. So if you or someone you love has been affected by pregnancy loss or miscarriage, you are not alone. And we want you today to feel less alone than maybe you're feeling right now. I'm really grateful that Leanne was willing to share her story and her encouragement with us today. And I know you're going to love her. She's an actress, an entrepreneur, and a proud homeschool mom. She is also co-founder of the Funny Mom Duo and viral video company, Leanne and Michelle, whose videos you all have probably seen taking over the internet. Okay, everyone, thanks for being here today. And here is my conversation with Leanne Deering. Hi, Leanne. Thank you so much for being on the Mom Hour. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. So I am really just very honored that you've chosen to be here with us today. We know this is, you know, kind of a harder conversation to have and harder for some of our listeners to hear. But my goal and Megan's goal is to help moms feel less alone in their stories of loss. Um, And I think that is what you did when you posted on Instagram earlier this month. So I want to start with your Instagram post. And of course, we'll link it up in the show notes um, so people Mm -hmm. can see the the image that we're looking at. But I would just love for you to um, tell the story behind that Instagram picture. And if you want to talk a little bit about why you chose to post it and why you chose to write your story earlier this month, um, I'd love to hear that too. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I want to just thank you and just the whole Mom Hour community for wanting to have this conversation because I think it's so good to remind one another that this really is a safe thing to talk about together. Yeah. Um, it's a really healthy and healing thing to talk about together. And most mothers who have lost a baby, 
uh, at any stage of pregnancy are thankful to have opportunities to remember those precious lives out loud communally. Because for a lot of mothers, those experiences have been incredibly private, Mm. um, sometimes so early that maybe you haven't even had the chance to tell those closest to you yet. And you feel like you've gone through this very personal and very private storm, uh, which is part of the reason I get so troubled when people tell mothers that their loss is easier because it happened earlier. It's just simply not accurate. Uh, It's a different version of the same pain. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just so thankful to you, Sarah. Um, I want to say that off the top for wanting Thank to have you. this this conversation. Um, so the daughter that I lost, um, and off again at the top, I just have to say I can't untangle my story from my experience of God. Um sure. and I know not everybody listening has a faith framework of any kind. So, you know, take what's useful to you. Hopefully there's going to be some advice in here that works for everybody. Um but I can't separate the two in my yeah, mind. Absolutely. No, um, I want you to, I want you to incorporate that because it's part of your story. Yes. So we found out we were pregnant in December uh, of 2017. And that was the same month that we lost my grandma Anne, who I was very close to. So we flew to New York uh, to be with my family for her funeral. And we had already had a girl's name in our mind. And that name was Marion. That was Graham, uh, Matt's grandmother, mm-hmm. my husband's grandmother. So we got to New York and we were all around her her gravesite, and I saw an M at marked as my grandmother's middle initial. And I had this weird moment where I realized I never knew my grandma's middle name. Okay. And I, which is, I know it's so strange. I was like, how do I not know her name, her middle name? And I, I whispered to my uncle, what was the M? What did that stand for? And he said, it's Marion. Oh, wow. And from that second, I just knew the baby I'm carrying is a girl and her name is Marion. And I had all of these confirmations of that name, several of them in mm-hmm. the months that came. That, that this was her name. This was the person I was growing. This is who the world was making space for. This is, this is what was happening, you know? Um, and then unexpectedly at about 18 and a half weeks, which is just on the cusp of miscarriage and stillbirth. That's mm-hmm. the, the 20 week mark is sort of where they draw okay. the line in this. I wasn't sure about that. So that's helpful to know. Yeah. Um, but she was, she was large enough that we, we did have to deliver her, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, her heart stopped beating. And I was home and I was checking for her heartbeat with my little home Doppler and I couldn't find it. And I just knew, I knew something was really wrong. So I called the doctor, went down and the technician tried to find it uh, with the Doppler was unsuccessful, tried with ultrasound. She was unsuccessful. And she rather coldly when she couldn't find the heartbeat, she said, well, we're going to send you to a specialist, but I suspect fetal demise. Wow. That's how she said it. Wow. And I, yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I was so shocked that I didn't even, um, her language was not uh, my primary concern in that right. moment. I was trying to process what was going on and, you know, we went to confirm it and she had no heartbeat. And so, uh, I got the chance to deliver her, um, and hold her and, um, uh, name her. Mm-hmm. I already knew her name, but yeah. all all of that happened on Good Friday, which in my faith is a very significant day. It's a day uh, set aside to remember the crucifixion of Jesus. Yeah, and so it's a day where it's a day that represents loss. Yeah, again, it was just for me, God writing the story in such a way that I, I couldn't miss the message that I have her. She was always mine. I always knew that this was her story. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Um, and then. <laughs> Her due date was, would have been August. Okay. And Matthew's great uncle, who was kind of the spiritual head of his household, 
uh, was in the process of losing a very long battle with Parkinson's disease. And so we went to see him in hospice. And I remember he was in the bed at that point and he was sort of just in and out of it. He was not very coherent. And we went over to him to say goodbye. And he woke up for a moment and he looked at us and I could tell that he saw us. Yeah. And I said, when you get there, go find her. (laughs) And she already knows. Yeah. But tell her we love her. (laughs) And he nodded. Wow. And then he passed away the next day, which was her due date. Wow. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. I still cry when I tell that part. Yes. That was the, um, that was that final detail. Again, just, just the divine showing me that I had my hand in every part of this and you don't need to be afraid for her. Yeah. So now when I reflect on her life, I see it just full of this kind of really sad poetry, you know, punctuated by really significant deaths in our family. Someone went before her and somebody went after her. She was, she was protected on both sides. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that story. And I had read parts of it in your Instagram post, but I didn't, I didn't know that last part. And, um, I just appreciate you sharing it here with us. I appreciate being able to hear it. And I want to talk about this, the silence that often surrounds this and your decision to post publicly. I also want to say your Instagram account, I keep referring to this Instagram, um, post, it was on the Leanne and Michelle Instagram account. And in the intro to this episode, I talked about you and Michelle and you are funny moms. You are comedians. So (laughs) that was perhaps even less expected, um, on that account, but you shared a picture, I guess I have a few questions about the photo. Um, someone took that photo. So you had the presence of mind at the time to ask somebody to take a photo. It's you and your husband holding Marion. So maybe talk about the choice to have the photo taken and then also to share it um, earlier earlier this month. Because like you said, um, there is so much silence about this and, and we want to work to change that. What a good question. So I actually didn't have the presence of mind to request a photographer. The way that that happened was a girl that I knew from a very long time ago, a friend, Jacqueline, who I had fallen out of touch with, honestly, but she had plans to come into town and do a photo shoot and asked if me and my family might be willing to just sort of pose as models for her. So we were going to go up to and do sort of like a family maternity shoot together. Okay. Well, um, I obviously wrote her and I told her that that wouldn't be happening. And she wrote back and told me, I lost a baby boy at 15 weeks pregnant. I delivered him and a, and a friend of mine took pictures for me and I didn't know how badly I would want them or, or uh, need them later in life. And she said, if you want that, I would love to give you that gift. Her, her uh, photography business is Jacqueline Elizabeth photography. Um, what an amazing woman to reach out and offer that. Um, that was one of the most beautiful and significant gestures that anybody, uh, did for me during that time. So she came to the hospital. She made herself invisible. She kind of hung by the wall. She took pictures. She gave us a hug and she left. Yeah. And it was one of the most selfless and loving things anyone's ever done for me. Oh, and the, and the picture, I can see how having that later, of course, would bring up feelings, but also there's no way to go back and have that photo. So just the fact that she was there and she knew that that would be something you may want one day is amazing. So 
you Chrissy Teigen um, famously posted uh, some photos of loss, I think, at the very yes. beginning of the month. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to assume that was the inspiration, but it, it happened all around the same time. So talk about the decision to post it and and maybe the reaction you got um, or, or whether it was related at all to the more, you know, celebrity loss photos that we saw around the same time. October is miscarriage and infant loss awareness month. Right. So this is sort of a time where that conversation is very logical. And now that two years have passed, I've had a beautiful rainbow baby since losing Marion, who is just the joy of our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in a place where my heart is now sufficiently healed. And I, I now want to go back for the other women who are there or who have best friends and sisters and people in their life who they care about deeply, who are in the midst of it. Yeah. Um, And so when you invited me to have this conversation, one of the things that I was most excited about was to, to speak to that woman because I remember it so well. Um, And so that's who my heart is for at this point. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I was actually, I was just, um, so thankful that Chrissy Teigen chose to share those images yeah. because I hope it gives a lot of other women the courage to, if not share their, and it's not sharing the image that's sure. going to be healing, but it's sharing your story in whatever way is comfortable and natural for you, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And let's talk about that healing a little bit. Um, two years. And you said earlier in our conversation that talking about the child you lost is actually a really important part of healing. Um, and that moms don't always get a chance to do that. So can you talk about just the evolution of your healing the last couple of years and, and what's been helpful? And maybe, maybe you can frame that in a way that feels like advice or encouragement for those who are sitting in it now. Yes. I would say the first piece of advice that I would give to any mama who's currently walking through it or who loves somebody who is walking through it is you're not going to want to hear this, but is to sit in it, mm-hmm. is to not run away from it. Don't numb it. Don't tell yourself it didn't matter because it was early. Don't tell yourself um, it doesn't matter because I have other children at home. I shouldn't complain. Experience it. And that was one of the first pieces of wisdom that I felt like came from God was don't numb it. Don't run anywhere. I, I need you to just sit and be still in this moment with me. And I, I compared it to there is a word that you use in music called the cesura where there's a song happening and then all of a sudden the whole orchestra stops at once and it's this pause and it seems to take forever. Mm-hmm. It's a couple of seconds, but it's so dramatic that you feel like it's never going to end. And it, that's a lot what the weeks after feeling your baby, uh, excuse me, losing your baby feels like. Mm-hmm. It feels like this pause and the silence is deafening and you think, oh my gosh, just move me forward. I don't want to be here anymore. I want the next thing. But there is no shortcut, right? There is simply no shortcut. I mean, even I go back now, Sarah, and I think about the fact that why is Good Friday called Good Friday? It's mm-hmm. it's such a strange title, but what it really good really used to have the implication of holy, mm. sacred, right? Yeah. Our our pain and all of this loss and all of it is part of our motherhood. Each part of motherhood is sacred. It yeah. is. It doesn't mean it's good or pleasurable right. or easy, but it is sacred. Um, and losses are like that. Uh, those babies change us Yeah, just by virtue of having carried them for however long we had the privilege to carry them. Yeah. So the first step is to sit in it. Um, the second step I would say is to 
remind yourself as you do that, that you will not feel like this forever. So while you're in the, you can feel so heavy and you can think, oh my gosh, I can't escape this. But it's like, it's like anything. We're not built to experience that level of trauma forever. Right. So you are not going to feel like this in six months. I promise you, you will not. Um, That doesn't mean that you will be happy when you think about this episode in your life. Right. You won't feel like this forever. And that's an important thing to hold on to. Um, the third thing I would say is surround yourself with the right people, surround Mm -hmm. yourself with people that are protecting your heart, that are guarding your story. Um, this is a time to be really, really careful with who you let into your story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So those are the first few things that I would, I would tell a mom who's in, in the moment right now. Yeah. And what does it feel like now, two years later to you? I mean, just in this podcast interview, we've teared up together. You've talked about Marion, but in your day-to-day life, what does the, what does the grief feel like at the two-year mark? I'd love to give moms kind of, everyone's experience will be different, but I'd love to give them a window to what, what does it feel like to remember and to continue to honor, but to also be a busy mom with a job who isn't thinking about this every second of every day? The best way I have heard this described is that the, the pain does not get smaller, but life continues to get bigger. Mm. And so your relationship to this event is going to shift. Yeah. I, I am now at a point where I can speak freely about Marion mm-hmm. without crying. And my first concern can be for the woman that I'm talking to yeah. and for, for her loss. Yeah. Um, that took, that took time. Now I, I still cry for her sometimes mm-hmm. when I need, when I need it. I'm, yeah totally not afraid of that. Um, there are days where I just miss her for no reason and that's totally okay, but I can very comfortably speak about it now and use the story to try to reach back and help other people at this phase. So two years out, I promise you the way that you relate to your loss will be very, very different. Oh, you're just, your words are, you're so well-spoken Leanne and you're, it's just, it's so helpful for also for moms like me who haven't gone through it. Um, to just have you kind of educate us a little bit. Um, and, and so I'm just really grateful right now. What about the people you said surrounding yourself with the right people? What were some of the things that others did for you or how they cared for you that maybe could help our listeners who aren't going through it themselves, but maybe who know somebody, what can we do? What are the little things that you remember in people showing up for you? Well, that's such a great question. Um, I, I will go through some of the things that Michelle did for me. Now, Michelle is my comedy partner. Yep. And this is so, this is so funny because this is a very different interview than what we're normally doing. Right. Well, and, and even, and for us too. So we're, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Michelle, I will tell you something. When I was in the hospital delivering the baby, I reached a point where I remember thinking I, ha- I have cried for 56 hours straight. I looked at the clock and I was like, I haven't slept. And I knew Michelle was coming and I knew she was bringing food. And I texted her and I said, when you come here, I need you to not cry. I need you to come with a tight 10 of really good stand-up comedy material. <laughs> and, and it can't suck. Like you have to be on um, because I, I need a belly laugh. And I can't imagine how hard that was for her because yeah. Michelle was also grieving this baby who she was super. I mean, Michelle thinks every time I'm pregnant that it's her infant. Like that's, <laughs> that's the relationship we've assumed. But she is, she's very involved in my children's life. When yeah. we go on the road to do comedy shows, we joke that Finn has two mommies because yeah. she like, she takes Finn and walks him and she takes ownership of him. Yeah. You know, she, she loves my children fiercely and she loved Marion already. Well, she showed up with concealer under her eyes Oh wow! and a, pretty solid comedy bit. Um, (laughs) 
and we watched The Office and we, you know, I was not, I, I couldn't cry anymore. I yeah. reached a point where I was like, I need someone to make me laugh. And I think about that a lot when we're making comedy together that I don't know. I mean, you, we, you never know who's watching your stuff or when it's going to reach somebody. Yeah. But if I can ever, and it, you know, not, this is not specific to miscarriage or infant loss. This is just anybody, you know, this is someone going through mental health or uh, just any kind of tough time. I don't know when my comedy is going to reach them, but if I can give them that 10 minutes that yeah. Michelle gave me that day in the hospital, my gosh, what a sacred mission. Yeah. Like it's just, it just puts wind in my sails to want to make more content and <laughs> do it more and more and more so we can reach more people. Yeah. So that was wonderful. Another one, another really good one is Michelle brought me a memory box. Oh, I love um, that. It's like a really beautiful white linen box and if you are um, a mother who has the loss later in her pregnancy and you are delivering the baby, the hospital is going to wrap that baby in a little tiny blanket and they put a little tiny hat on her. And there were just a number of things that the hospital provided, um, which is so, so lovely. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going to want to save at least some of those things. Um, they put her little uh, footprint and handprint mm -hmm. on a card for me. So that box is where I keep all of those things. And once every couple of months, I take it out. And I look at those things and remember her. Yeah. Uh, and I'm certainly thankful to have at least have the option to have something to touch. Yeah. That reminds me of her. Mm -hmm. So a memory box is a really lovely idea. And if it's an earlier loss where a mama is not going to have the option to hold the baby right. or to, you know, do any of that, getting her something that she can touch, like a necklace that she can wear with, um, you know, either the baby's due date or, um, a heart, I, I got one from my friend that had like a heartbeat sign. Oh yeah. Um, so just something that the, that the mother can have to touch or wear. Yeah. Um, a soft blanket is another great one, um, to remember the baby when she wants to. Yeah. I, I love that. And I can see being intimidated as a friend, not knowing if those things would feel too personal or too sad or, um, I can be an overthinker. I'm an, I'm a one in case you haven't picked up on that. Um, oh, wow. so I can, I can see getting caught up in like, what's the right way to support this friend, um, yeah. which is a very Enneagram one thing to fret about. And so I yes. actually love the encouragement that getting something like that, um, which is more intimate, it is more intimate, it's more personal. And it assumes, it assumes the grief, um, as opposed to like, here's some muffins that I baked, which don't have anything to do with grief. Um, and so I actually really love that encouragement to have it be something. And maybe that's not everyone's gift giving style. And maybe not every friend needs to show up that way. But wow, what a what a powerful type of gift to give. So I love hearing that. But can I tell you something, you sweet little Enneagram one? <laughs> I would have I would have freaking loved some grief muffins. Like I would have loved that. I, I honestly think the only wrong thing and this is a hard thing to say because I've been guilty of this in the past. Yeah. Someone loses someone and I just don't say anything because I don't know what to say. Right. If you're a close friend, just don't say nothing. Right. That's the only wrong thing. I, I appreciated every clumsy, awkward attempt. Yeah. I could see through to the heart. I knew what these people were trying to do. Yeah. So say it wrong or admit there's a chance I'm going to say this wrong. I don't have the perfect words. I don't know, but I want to help. So can you help me help? Yeah. Um, that's okay too. Honestly, dinner, like who doesn't want dinner? Yeah. Dinner is universally welcome and accept, drop dinner off on the door and just tell her, Hey, I'm leaving dinner for, for you on Thursday outside the door. Yeah. Text me your order in the morning. I love you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, like it can be so simple. Um, 
Another good thing too, to remember if you're trying to just love on the whole family is don't forget the spouse or the partner. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, Because there's two people experiencing the loss, obviously, in in every scenario. So um, if you happen to be close to the spouse or partner, think about them too, when you're going through these gestures. Um, You know, it could be as simple as a handwritten note for them or make sure you include their name in the card or if you're, yeah, if you're close to them, just make sure that you're looping them in so they don't think that this is only this is only mom's right. loss and it has nothing to do with you. Right. Yeah. No, that is that is all such great advice. Um, I'm curious because you are part of a comedy duo. Um, what it what it felt like to get back to comedy and and maybe I guess I'm opening this up for any thoughts on kind of the co-presence of sadness and laughter and what that felt like for you, both in the aftermath of what you experienced, but also even now as you shared that photo on Instagram and then, you know, go back to sharing funny videos. Like, is that, does that feel weird to you or does it feel natural? Cause it's just all part of your story. Well, have you ever laughed and cried at the same time? <laughs> yes. Doesn't it feel amazing? Yeah. <laughs> like, And granted I'm an Enneagram four. So this is like, you want to feel the feels being well, not that I want to, I, I, I like to think I'm a slightly more integrated version of myself than I was in my twenties. Maybe my 20 something self wanted to feel the feels. Now I want to not be afraid of the feels. Yeah. Um, I want to learn to live with the feels, but not let them call all the shots. So I, I remember this one show, it was our first show back after the baby. We were at a, a, a big mom's group in Scottsdale. And I looked out in the audience and I saw there was one of my friends who had brought me dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, she had dropped off my favorite meal on the door. And I just remember thinking, I, I have to thank these people. Like I have to thank them. Yeah. And we stopped the show like two sketches in two two games in and we thanked them and we told them this is where we are. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was crying in the middle of laughing. Yeah. So much of life happens in that space that, yeah. um, I don't think there's any reason to be afraid of that, you know? Yeah. No, I love that. And what an example you can be by living it out loud that way um, to others who feel the awkwardness or like, I'm not sure what to say or whether I can laugh or whether these two things can coexist. So yeah, thank you. Thank you, Enneagram 4, for making that easier on the rest of us. Um, <laughs> You're so well. We are good for something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, let's talk about what, well, first let me ask this. Is there anything we haven't talked about or anything you'd want to share with our listening audience before I move on to talking about you and Michelle and how great I think you guys are, but I don't want to, I don't want to just go there without anything, any other part of your story or any other pieces of encouragement you'd want to leave us with. I guess the only other thing I would want to say is if you happen to be that mother and right now you are listening, um, I just want you to know, and I want you to hear that your loss is not imagined and your loss is not shameful and your loss is not small because it was early and your loss is not your fault. Yeah. Um, all of those things are true. And if you need to hear someone say it out loud today, if you aren't there yet, I'm, I'm here to promise you as someone on the other side of it, all of those things are true. Your loss is not your fault. Yeah. Um, it's not because you had a sip of coffee one time. It's not that you didn't yeah. do this. Yeah. Um, and you loved your baby every moment that you carried that baby. Yeah. So you have no shame to carry forward. That's the only other thing I would want a mama in the midst of it to hear right now. Yeah. I, I wrote down 
this from your Instagram post, which is really similar. And I'm just going to read it out loud because in case everything you just said is just sinking in, um, here it is. I'm going to read this in, in Leanne's words from the Instagram post. First, let me tell you that your loss is not imagined. Your loss is not smaller than anyone else's because it was, quote, early. Your loss is not less significant because you have other children already. Your loss is not embarrassing. Your loss is not your fault. When you gain entrance to this sorrowful sisterhood, it's not because you did anything wrong. It is because they were chosen. And I believe as sure as I sit writing this, that they wait for us. And by God's grace, one day we will come home to them. So Mm. I thought that was beautiful. Um, Thank you. And I know people will, I know there are people who needed to hear that today. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So let's talk about Leanne and Michelle. And I'll just, I'll just preface this by those who know me well or whatever my background. So I lived in Scottsdale for 10 years. I was the first um, paid employee for Scottsdale Moms Blog when that was becoming a business, which now is City Mom Collective. And so Steph Fleece, who runs that um, large network of hyperlocal mom sites, was a good friend of mine in like 12, how long ago? A long time ago, like 10 years ago. Um, and I never met Michelle, your, your other half. Um, but she and I <laughs> kept crossing paths through Steph Fleece and through Scottsdale Moms Blog and what was later City Moms Blog, City Mom Collective. And that I've shared on this podcast. Our listeners know that was a really big early part of my becoming um, like a freelance writer, a parenting mm. writer, um, an editor for a site, which led me to edit for Megan's site, which is like the beginning of our story. So it's really very much connected to my career. And so I'm always like anything that has to do with those origins, I just feel really grateful for. And what's funny is Michelle and I never met in person. I was in Scottsdale for 10 years and we like had all these connections and mutual friends and we never met in person. So Um, funny. But I have watched her like also, I've always followed her on Instagram. I've always thought she was hilarious. And so tell the story I mean, pick up where I'm leaving off. And you and Michelle formed a two mom comedy experience that is just hilarious. And you guys have viral videos. You're going to be having a podcast soon. So tell us about that. Tell us like plug whatever you want to plug. (laughs) Okay. I love this question so much. So basically our love story happened because Michelle believes that anything is possible. Like that's the (laughs) bottom line. She, Michelle had taken one improv class and she was like, I am definitely funny. I am definitely (laughs) qualified to be an internet star. Like, let's do this versus just to give you, I'm a four with a five wing, which means I will stay stagnant for as long as you will let me like, right. I'll just think about it, but never do it. My husband and I 13 years ago started an acting studio. It's now an online acting community. Uh, it's a theater. It's a lot of really wonderful. It's a creative space for, awesome. for locals. Um, yeah, it's amazing. But we are, um, we've been doing improv for, you know, over 10 years when I met Michelle and she's like, Hey, you want to make funny videos with me? <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Like slow your roll. But she, she was just ready to go. Um, had the vision. And collectively, we had a lot of really useful individual experience Uh um, that made us just a really great pairing. She had the PR brain and the tenacity. And I had just a a vast knowledge of improv. And I've been a working actress for almost 15 years now. And so we we put those things together. And it was a really, really easy, uh, easy pair to work with. Uh, We just we just the friendship took right off. So don't you love being in a pair that is fun and productive. And I say that as someone who is also in one. And a lot of times I meet content creators, bloggers, writers, authors, podcasters. 
Um, and I, it's not like I feel sorry for them, but I realize how much harder this would be to do without a sidekick. So I've always, whenever I, whenever I meet other pairs that just seem to have that, like that great balance of personality types and skill sets. And I feel that way about Megan and me too. I'm like, I'm so happy for you guys that you found that because it is, it just makes it more fun. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it really is. I love just having somebody to bounce ideas off of. And Michelle, Michelle wrote recently on Instagram, I'm the reason anything gets done. And Leanne's the reason it gets done well. And both of those (laughs) things are probably very, very true. I love it. I love it. Um, And so what I have mostly experienced is your viral videos. I know you guys have done live shows and you do events um, and I know everything's changed with COVID. So I'll just plug the Enneagram, the series of Enneagram videos, like how different Enneagram numbers experience, whatever, fill in the blank, shopping at Target or Halloween or whatever um, are some of my favorites. Are those your most viral or is that just me? Cause I, I get a kick out of those. So we definitely have found a little cult following with the Enneagram content on YouTube, which is a lot of fun because we just love the Enneagrams. So right. It's so easy to write those sketches because yeah. it's we're fascinated by it. We're students of the Enneagram right now. But our first viral videos were actually music video parodies. Okay. Um, so we had one, do you remember the Coldplay song, Something Just Like This? Yes. Um, we wrote a song called, if you're my friend, then you'd buy this. Oh, and right. Yes. I was, do recall that one. <laughs> yeah. It was about how all of a sudden everyone we knew was selling for an MLM. Yes. And that was really, really fun. It definitely, we definitely pushed some buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Kathy Lee and Hoda shared the video. At oh, one they point. did. Wow. And they said, um, their caption was so funny. They said, we know you can't share this because you're going to offend your friends. So we'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Um, and then we had another one go very viral celebrating our love of Joanna Gaines. Oh, I remember this. And she saw it, right? She saw it. And she and Chip wrote us a letter telling us how much they loved it. It was Michelle actually framed the letter in a shadow box. <laughs> okay, Sarah, we are supposed to have joint custody of this letter. Like she's <laughs> supposed to get it for a month at a time. She never hands it off. Like Never. It's been in her office for the last year and a half. Oh my gosh. So I'm ready to get litigious because she does not share well. It's your turn. It's definitely my turn. Thank you for knowing that. Yes. Like, thank you. Um, so we know we had a few viral hits outside of the Enneagram content, but you know, during the pandemic, the Enneagram content was the most logical thing to film because we could do it individually in our homes. We right. didn't feel comfortable to assemble even a small crew of people together to do a music video. Right. Um, so we were just shooting on our iPhones in our homes and it was a way to continue to be creative and serve the people who are watching us. Well, I, I wanted to say women who are watching yeah. us. There's probably some men who think we're funny, but let's be honest, it's mostly women. That's okay. You found you found your audience. And we will make sure to link up um, just a handful of the favorites. Um, I have a couple favorites and um, the ones that you mentioned. So then what is what is next? We've talked about pandemic creative juices. Are you guys are you starting to do events again or virtual events? Um, What's next both for you and Michelle and also for Deering Acting Studio? So for Deering Acting Studio, we have begun offering virtual classes in addition to the in-person classes. Um, You know, luckily with an acting class, it's a a relatively intimate experience. So you're looking at a group of 12 Mm -hmm. usually, which is, it's very easy to stay distant and not be on top of each other. Um, But there's a wonderful virtual training program going on. We have students from all over the world, which is really exciting. so cool. Yeah, it's cool to be a part of a community like that. Um, And... As far as Michelle and I, yes, virtual comedy shows. I will be so honest and tell you, 
that I was super nervous about it. Yeah. Um, the very first one we did, because it's improv, you yeah. know, it's improv, like we need an audience. Right. And so I remember thinking, okay, we're going to try this, but there's a really good chance this doesn't go well. Um, so we got hired by a church to do a show. This was the first one we did. And there was an audience of four people okay. all spread out across an enormous sanctuary. And, and then at the very back of the room, it felt like miles away was just this tiny little blinking box. And we knew that whoever was watching virtually was in the box. Okay. And I just remember, I think I have no idea how this is going to go. It, it might be my favorite show we've ever done. Oh my gosh. It was unbelievable because the four people in the audience, we had to trust them to be part of the show in a way that most audience members can just kind of coast. Right. You know what I mean? And by the end of the show, we had character names for each of them and they'd been pulled up on the stage multiple times and they trusted us and it was like they were belly laughing. It was just a different level of trust that we had to have in them and they had to have in us. And it was some of the most fun I've ever had on stage. It was unbelievable. That's so cool. Yes. So it can be done and it can be done well. And we've, we've done a number of these virtual comedy shows now, which is so great. Um, We're looking forward to doing local shows in person again, as soon as it's safe, obviously. Um, But another thing that Leanne and Michelle have coming uh, is we have just recruited a group of women to be what we call our cold coffee comedy crew. Love it. It is a group of highly talented and incredibly funny moms. Uh, We have 20 kiddos between us and tons of acting, singing, modeling, writing, dancing, you know, experience. And they all just want to bring joy with us. So we are really excited to incorporate them in some of our videos coming up. So great. Yes. So you're going to be seeing a lot of those gorgeous ladies very, very soon. And Michelle and I have also started a podcast that we're very excited about. So happy about this. So yeah, tell us about the podcast. So we have a very, very simple mission, uh, and that is just to bring joy. It is a 30-minute podcast called Leanne and Michelle Think They're Funny. And that was the first name that we came up with for ourselves until we realized, oh my gosh, this is so wordy. Why would anyone ever choose? (laughs) I do remember that now. I mean, I remember when that was kind of your handle, um, but then it, it just dropped away and seamlessly. I didn't even notice. You're just Leanne and Michelle now. Yes, it was just so clumsy. But we um, we brought it back for the podcast and each episode is something that we think we know about. I love it. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, you know, we get to talk about things that we are currently students of and, and what's going on in our real lives. So we love that, obviously. But really, it's supposed to be 30, 25 to 30 minutes to make you laugh. That is 100% our goal. It is light. It's funny. And it is for, is for mamas. Let's be honest. It's for moms. I cannot wait personally as a listener and tell it, do you know when it drops very soon, right? It's set to drop in about a week. Okay. So yes. So we'll make sure to share that because this episode will probably actually, it's going to be a quick turnaround. So this will actually air before your podcast is available, but then as soon as it is, we will um, share on social. So everybody can go listen. That's going to be really fun. It is. Yeah, it will be available on Apple Podcasts within the next couple of days. So okay. That's, okay. That's so perfect. very soon. Yes. Um, well, Leanne, this was so much fun. And I, I'm just smiling thinking about your comment about laughing and crying together because I feel like I've done both just in the last 35 minutes. So mm. I know we have listeners experiencing the same. I'm so excited for people to get to know you and you and Michelle um, through your work on the internet. And and your story and Marion's story is one piece of that that now people... Um, can you know can bring to their knowledge of you and and what you do so i just really appreciate you being here i appreciate you having me thank you sarah
Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.